the Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com. Do you remember reading children's books? I do. The picture books that had all the nice pictures and also a story? Oh yeah, they were always so nice and fun. Eh, were they? I don't know, I don't remember. Well, if you want to remember, you should probably listen to our podcast. What's our podcast? Our podcast is Rachel and Sam Read a Story. Sounds super nice and friendly all the time. (laughs) All the time. I'm Rachel Bieber. And I'm Sam Gash. And we are the people who do Rachel and Sam Read a Story. On Mondays on the Nerdist School Network. So this is the part where we do, like, uh, a scene from the show, right? We do lines. No. No? No. Is that not the show? Did you want to do lines? I don't know if there are any lines in this that I was like, oh, I wish I could say. No. I mean, Buffy's speech at the end of Afterlife is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what scene we would do? Mm. We would totally do the rank amateur scene. <gasps> Love. Yes, that's what we would have done. If this. Mama Giles. Mm-hmm. We would have done Giles versus Willow. That scene. Intense. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yes. And let's just get right into it. Okay, cool. Welcome to another episode of Hellmouth. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kelly Nugent. And I'm another of the co-hosts, Ryan Mogi. This week we are talking Buffy episodes, Afterlife, and Flooded. Yes. And so we're just like really just picking up right after Buffy is alive and mm-hmm. now at home. Yes. And the Scoobies are like still out on the street. And that's basically it. Yeah. I felt like this pre- pre-credit sequence was very low energy yeah it was the scoobies being like well i wonder if buffy came back okay Mm -hmm. i hope that she isn't broken she seems pretty normal she's normal she's normal she's normal but maybe not and then (laughs) wonder if she's not normal and then don walks buffy to the house and is like want to come inside let's be normal Mm -hmm. and then buffy's face being like maybe i'm not normal Mm -hmm. credits Mm -hmm. it was like there's no zip Mm -hmm. there's no there was no reveal yeah. It was like, it might as well mel- ugh, might as well have been a previously on. Yeah. Like, there was nothing. I was like, this is an underwhelming, pre- underwhelming pre-credit sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't, I, I wasn't a huge fan of how, like, acty Michelle Trackenberg was being at the, when she's showing Buffy around mm-hmm. the house. It just, it wasn't my cup of tea. I think that's fair. I think Michelle Trachtenberg, at this phase in her career, which is mm-hmm. a, she's pretty young. Yeah. And I she think, was coming straight off yeah. of child acting. Yes. I think she raises to the level of the people she's playing against. Mm-hmm. And I think because of the script, Sarah Michelle Geller was giving her nothing. I mean, she's supposed to be giving her nothing. Yeah. She's so. giving nothing. So, like, I think she's bouncing off of nothing and she overcompensates with a lot. Uh huh. And so, I'm not ready to call it, like, a great performance, but I do think Dawn may be that, like, bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Dawn may be like, this is Willow and Tara's room. Yeah. Like, because Dawn doesn't know what to do. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Um, When she's saying, like, we got rid of the little tables. Yeah. I have so many thoughts about the living situation. I think it is really fucking bold that Willow and Tara took... Uh-huh. And uh, didn't take care of the bills. Yeah. That that was like what the fuck did they think was gonna happen? Yeah. That they were just gonna play pretend and like And then until Buffy came back and then give Buffy the burden. It was it was so yeah. it was so upsetting because 
And they also make the choice, and I get it because they think Buffy's coming back, of not, I guess, okay, we haven't gotten into this and the show hasn't either. Does the world think Buffy's dead? No. But there is a gravesite with her name on it at the cemetery. It's, I know. So it's just for them. But it's in the cemetery. Like, anyone can walk I know. By. Anyone can see it. Okay. So Dawn is pretending that she's still living with her sister. Yeah. But if they told the truth that Buffy had died, there'd be a monthly check from the government to take care of a child. Well, they don't know what would happen to Dawn. There's no guarantee that Well, there's Dawn... no guarantee that Willow and Tara are good parents. Right. Either. Right. But, I mean, there's also no guarantee where Dawn's going to go. Because she might, like, the foster system is such a crapshoot. So I think, of course, we know that Willow's thinking, I'm sure, I am sure that it is all Willow's idea to be like, we'll use the Buffy bot to pretend that Buffy's still alive because I know what's best and I know how to take care of the situation. But she doesn't. She doesn't handle bills. Like, and I know, okay, bills are tough. Some people don't have to deal with bills until they're out of college. Some people don't really pay attention to bills when they're straight out of college and then get into credit card trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, bills are hard. They're not, not everyone knows about them. But when you have an asset like a house, and remember we were talking about this, we were like, are Willow and Tara paying rent? And then we were like, well, no, the, the house must be paid off with the life insurance policy. Mm-mm. But now we've learned that the house is not being paid off. Like, I guess the mortgage payments have been ma- being made, but like, there's... I'm assuming it's from, like, the life insurance policy, yeah. which is also paying off um, the medical bills. Which, and I guess, and I think the way it's presented makes it sound like the medical bills arrived at the house after the life insurance policy. Mm. But, like, they didn't. Yeah. Because there's not any medical bills from when you drop dead. Yeah. There's medical bills from having brain cancer and surgery. Yeah. So but was, that would have been coming in. Yeah. So, like, was Joyce hiding this from them? I have no idea. Because Joyce was, like, happy and going on hot dates. Yeah. She was not, like, dealing with money stress when she died. Yeah. Oh, my I God. Don't, I don't know. No, I'm just picturing that she, like, <laughs> I'm picturing her death of her, like, opening a bill and being like, oh, <laughs> and then just going and falling on the couch. <laughs> I'm having an embolism. (laughs) But yeah, it just doesn't. I mean, it makes sense for the show. The show is trying to, I mean, the season six, if we haven't picked up on it, is trying to tell us what adulthood is like. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) that is a frustrating thing that Willow and Tara... I guess haven't been paying rent, and like how maybe they've been paying the mortgage, but okay, from what I don't know, from what money? Yeah, because they don't, they don't have jobs. And honestly, and I still don't understand the magic shop ownership situation. I guess papers were signed. We papers learned papers were signed, but I'm like, but if you own something, I guess Giles might have money. Mm. I think that if Giles moved into the house and he was saying, I would feel less like weird about it because mm-hmm. he's a, I guess because he's a grown up. Yeah. What are Willow and Tara doing? And then when Buffy comes back to just like shove the bills in her face, she's alone on that couch. Yeah. I know we're getting ahead to the next episode, but like she's sitting alone on the couch and they're just like, here's the bills. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. It's like, what? And that's another thing too. Like, cause even in the, the, even in afterlife, um, we have that shot of, so Buffy's back and she's on the couch and this is after yeah. she's, you know, seen Spike and, um, and then it's 
all four Scoobies come in and they're all standing around her. And yeah. it's like the shot is from below. So it's to really feel like she's being caged in. And mm-hmm. um, and I think like, yes, we come to learn later that she's been in heaven this whole time. Right. And this is why she's so spacey. But I think even if she had just come back from a hell dimension like they thought, yeah. for them to be like crowding her and being like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, they were so annoying. Yeah. They were so annoying. They were. And they were just, it was like, they wanted to verify she, they were okay, she was okay so that they could feel better. Well, of course. Well, we know that Willow knew about all the risks this whole yep. time and wanted to be like, oh, good thing I was right. What do you think about what Tara says to Xander? Do you think she's being honest? No, I don't think she's being honest. Yeah. Because it, we know from the conversation she has in bed yeah. that she knows that Willow is worried and should be worried. And even then, Willow isn't really letting her guard down. She's like, well, I'm not not worried. And, like, barely, like, admits, what is it she says? Where she's just like, I knew it, like, that's what it was. She wasn't, that's the thing that was annoying. The thing that was bothering her wasn't, like, I did this really risky thing and what if Buffy's not right? Uh Uh-huh. She was like, I thought she'd be more thankful that I brought her back. Uh And I was like, holy fucking shit, you are annoying. Yeah. And kind of a jerk. Yeah. Like, that's not one that should never be a motivation to do something for someone. Yeah. Like, if that's your motivation, take two steps back and think about what you're doing. Because you, that's going to cloud your judgment of whether what you're doing Mm -hmm. is the right thing for someone else. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um. And you're likely to be disappointed. Yeah. Because other people are not puppets. Exactly. <laughs> you don't get to manipulate them and then have them say thank you. But Buffy also knows Willow well enough to know that she needs to tell her that. So yeah. she does. Um, I think Sarah Michelle, jo- Sarah Michelle Geller does a fantastic job of, like, acting, like, performing that scene where she's saying, I should have said thank you before. Yeah. I was in a hell dimension. I was like, blah, blah, blah. Where... The way she's acting makes it so it makes sense that the Scoobies believe that she's just so traumatized that yeah. she's just being a little bit cold and weird. Whereas, like, we know as viewers, something is up. Yes. And then it turns out she was it, in heaven the whole time. Oh. Okay. And I, I didn't – I can't believe we skimmed over this because mm. this is, like, some of the best shit was when, when Spike sees her for the first time. That was amazing. It was amazing. He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> I was like – he deserves Emmys. Yeah, like his like look of realization that he gets when he realizes it's not the Buffy bot. Then when he realizes that she clawed her way out of her coffin. Mm-hmm. And then later when he's like, I saved you. Or he's like, she's like, how long have I been gone? 147, 748. Yeah. No, I'm Kelly. What if I become a Spuffy shipper on this? I mean, honestly, on this journey with you. I'm going to march around this room to the tune of Teddy Bear Parade. <laughs> okay, I, well, <laughs> that's a good enough reason for me to stop it in its tracks. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's really fucking good. And oh, and then when he says, um, I remember what you said. I, mm-hmm. I really failed. I should have protected her. You wouldn't have had to jump. Yeah. He's like, but I did save you. Not when it mattered, but I saved you every night. Uh. <laughs> it was so sweet and it, there is a part where he yeah he does give her the space mm-hmm. to have her feelings like when she's like why are you always here when i'm miserable mm-hmm. and it's like because 
he doesn't suffocate you when you're miserable and you don't run, have to run away from him. Mm-hmm. When it's really interesting, he says, because that's the only time you're alone. Yeah. Which has such a double meaning. Mm-hmm. Because then in the next episode, she's like, I can be alone with you here. Yeah. Which she means almost as like a comfort thing. And of yes. course, he's like, yeah. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> he, well, he's he's in love with someone who's not in love with him. Yeah. It's tough. It is. It's tough. But he also <laughs> doesn't expect, because he doesn't, he just sits next to her and like is quiet. Right. He doesn't even touch her. No. I mean, he's willing to play that role of just being there mm-hmm. if that's what she needs. And that is what she needs right now because all of her other friends are like, uh, tell us you are thankful. Like needing her. And she even says to him, like needing her to tell them she's okay. I feel like this is like on a grander scale, the issues that she had with Riley, but now with her friends. Like needing to tell them, you, you did the, you're doing something I need. Yep. Versus, yeah, I think there's like a lack of listening. Oh, totally. It's, it's such projecting onto what she wants and then offering it to her. Mm-hmm. Which people do that. That's mm-hmm. not like, it's not a, it's especially when you've known someone a really long time. Yeah. Because you feel like you have the cheat codes to them. Mm-hmm. You like know all their shortcuts. I feel mm-hmm. like the people that I've known longer than 10 years, like there is a thing where I'm like, oh, I know what you want from this. Yeah. I'll just tell you the thing. I, I'll just give you what I know you want because I've known you. Yeah. Whereas I think you're almost like n- not nicer, but like a more open listener to people that are new in your life. Yeah. Because you're still learning them. But I mean, the problem is here that she is changed. Mm-hmm. She is dramatically changed. And she's been gone for who knows how long. To yeah. them, only, what, six months or something. Yeah. And to her, I mean, she when she's talking about when she was in heaven, she said time was different. Yeah. And the act of them yanking her back into Earth changed her too. So it's yeah. like they're still expecting her to be the same and to do to fill those roles as a friend from, you know, knowing her since high school. Right. And even – but they've changed. Totally. So, like, they, it's like a weird dynamic too of, like, they expect her to be who she was when she left, mm-hmm. when she died. and But they have all changed. So, yeah, they're not connecting. No. There's a lot of disconnection. And mm-hmm. Dawn, I think, is the biggest victim of it. Yeah. Because she doesn't – Buffy's all she has. And she's, like – like, she is going through certain changes, which is, like, you know, now she's 15 and, like, that kind of thing. But now not, she can read. Yeah. That research thing was so weird. What were I they like, afraid why she they was going to read? That was so – I mean, she maybe they thought she was going to read a spell and try to bring her mother back from the dead like she did that <laughs> time. But, like, it was such a weird thing to be like, you're, you're too young for research? That was weird. I was like, research is what she should be doing. And all of the, all of the Scoobies started when they were 16. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's the... It was a weird... Mm-hmm. Um, I did love that scene, though, <laughs> when Anya comes in with the coffees and just keeps saying coffee, 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 yeah. coffee, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee, 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 coffee. Um, Hot chocolate for you, Dawn, because you're only 15. When did you start drinking coffee? Uh, You know what? It started, uh, well, college probably. I wasn't really a coffee person in high school. Um, I don't know, because my mom doesn't really drink coffee. Mm. And so I think I just like didn't think it was a thing. I was like falling asleep in class all the time. And oh, I no. didn't realize that caffeine could help me. In college or high school? 
high school. Oh, wow. Like, I just, like, as for the early morning classes, yeah. especially, like, I just be like, Bunk, and like, would be like, oh, oh that's no. weird. Yeah, it was weird. That is weird. I d- how come I didn't know that it was weird? Because my dad would be getting ready before. Right. So the coffee pot would be empty by the time you woke yeah, up. Yeah. I mean, he was done with his thing because he was, he would wake up really early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> when when did you start drinking coffee? Um, I started drinking like coffee type drinks, like <laughs> frappuccinos and stuff in uh-huh. high school because that was like a thing. Like, yeah. let's go get a frappuccino. Yeah. Um, and then I drank, I would drink like a mocha or something. So like, in college, I still didn't drink like regular coffee mm-hmm. very often because I would like, I'd drink coffee drinks, mm-hmm. like es- essentially espresso drinks, uh, but like with sugar in them. Mm. <laughs> so... But even then, it wasn't, like, the first thing I drink in the morning. Yeah. Um, as you know, and probably any listener knows, I have a different addiction for my caffeine. DMD. Yeah. DMD. <laughs> Diet Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> so I started that in earnest in high school and drank Diet Mountain Dew. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to limit it now to one can a day. Mm-hmm. But I was drinking, like, they used to sell the Cubes. Which oh is God. a 24-pack. Oh, my God. And I would drink – and my rule to myself in college was I was only allowed to buy those once every 10 days. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's 2.4 cans a day. Um, <laughs> and sometimes it would be less than a, 10 days. Sometimes it would be a week, which a week for 24 cans is a lot. Ryan. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, so for, me, for most of college, when I woke up, I'd crack open a Diet Mountain Dew. Seriously? That was what I had first thing in the morning. And then I would drink water, too, like, yeah. during the day. But, like – so I didn't drink coffee. I drink a Diet Mountain Dew first thing. Mm. Um, now I'll either drink cold brew or when I get to the office, I'll drink a coffee. Yeah. Um, so like really it's been post-college where I drink like regular coffee, mm. not like sugar coffee or sugar death mm-hmm. like Diet Mountain Dew. Oh, my God. I used to have a Mountain Dew every day after track practice see you should have been doing it in the morning you wouldn't have been asleep in class no. and that was why i couldn't go to sleep at night because i would just be like jazzing <laughs> up like crazy that's <laughs> so funny we also had a lot of times we would go to taco bell for lunch when we had open lunch mm-hmm. and that you can get i could get a chicken soft taco mm-hmm. one chicken soft taco mm-hmm. and a large mountain Dew. oh my god and that would be my lunch like three times a week because it was like two dollars it was so yeah. cheap yeah um and i don't in retrospect i'm like a chicken soft taco yeah. That is not nothing. a meal. That's nothing. You're just drinking your yeah. meal. I mean, I would have like a bagel for breakfast or whatever. So oh I would eat God. like a big heavy breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would go drink a diamond Dew and some a chicken soft taco. And then my parents made dinner, so I'd have dinner. But like yeah. when I think back to those eat, I'm like, how did I survive? I would be so tired if all I had for lunch was a chicken soft taco. One Taco Bell. It's a Taco Bell chicken soft yeah, taco. It's not even like, like a it's fancy the size restaurant. of your palm. Mm-hmm. And all it has is iceberg lettuce, some like yellow tomato yeah chicken pieces chicken pieces and like sour cream maybe yeah it's some kind of like man you know it's probably sauce. you're right i was gonna say why did i call it sour cream that it's is like too nice Chipotle. <laughs> 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 it was some kind of like thing that came in a bump yeah yeah um but yeah so i didn't i but i do feel like some people drink coffee when they're younger like start yeah, younger i think so um my brother started drinking coffee in high school i think mm-hmm. he's been and he was like a real coffee person Mm. Not a. I mean, he will drink frappuccinos. Mm-hmm. He likes, and it's like embarrassing to order because I'll be like, "Do you need to pick you up a coffee or whatever?" And he usually says yes, and he likes like a venti mocha frappuccino with an extra shot, 
and with whipped cream. It's this huge monstrosity. And they always look at me and I'm like, yeah. Oh, it looks like a, an Olympic torch. It does. <laughs> and then he likes, yeah. So uh, I, it's fine mm. ordering food, but it's also just like, oh, geez, I'm going to get looks. That's so funny. Me and my sister pretty much drink the same thing. It's usually just like cold brew or black coffee or she drinks less coffee than I do. Okay. Um, Or uh, like a flat white or something like that. In the morning, do you brew coffee every day? Yeah. Yeah. I have a – I'll just like make one cup. Yeah. And then I'll usually – You have a Chemex, right? No. um, I have – I I have a a variety of – machines okay but i usually actually have been getting lazy and have just been using the this automatic drip thing that does one cup if i'm really lazy but i also have a clever dripper which Mm -hmm. is like it's like a pour over but it doesn't drip out the bottom until you put it on top of a cup and it oh that's nice yeah i have one of those for tea and then um i have a french press and uh i forgot what the boudin boudin yeah whatever that is yeah yeah. I've looked at those for uh, cold brew because I use an almond nut bag to put my co- oh, almond nut bag. Essentially, it's a nut bag. You know, a nut bag. What's a nut bag? <laughs> a nut bag. <laughs> nut bag, nut bag, nut bag. <laughs> um, it's essentially like uh, if you wanted to make almond milk, mm. you put like the almonds in it and then soak them. And then like what will come out is the milk. I see. So it's a fine mesh bag. I see. Um, That they sell and they call it a nut bag. Mm-hmm. Um, But I put coffee in it. Mm. And then soak that to make, make cold brew, brew at home. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. It's a little messy. Mm-hmm. Part of the problem, I think, is I use real cheap coffee. Mm-hmm. So it never tastes as good yeah. as high quality coffee, cold brew. But I've been looking at doing more of a contraption. A fil- I have a Filtron. That thing you works like that? pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I don't like when, when, when they require like special filters and yeah like, that's annoying because that's what i have for my aeropress mm-hmm. so i guess i do have a lot of coffee you do um aeropress i'm convinced does not make strong enough coffee because it claims y- you can do it in a minute yeah because you're stirring that's so it. fast but i'm like i and then i drink it and i feel no difference in energy level but i also drink a lot of coffee so that's true you you are a coffee lady yes in the time that i've known you i consider you a coffee lady I mean, yes. now that I know how many contraptions you have in your house to make I coffee, I think even more, you are a coffee lady. Yeah. Um, like, I think you drink more coffee than I drink Diamond Dew. So that's... Well, I'm down to... Now, I'm down to, like, two or three cups a day. Still. That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Um, but some days, like, ever since I had this weird day, like, I had a weird day uh, on Friday. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, two days ago? Yeah. Friday? Okay. Okay. Recently. And I came to improv rehearsal and I was like, listen, Uh-oh. guys, I literally just woke up. It was weird. Okay. Me, uh, for the listener, her Im- her improv rehearsal is a night rehearsal. Yeah. It's at <laughs> 7 p.m. Is, this is not a 9 a.m. No, rehearsal. No, no, no. So I like got up at, and I woke up like a light at like 7 in the morning. Okay. And I didn't have any coffee. It was weird. I think I was like having, having a, an a, issue. Yeah. Some some chemical problem. <laughs> Just if you're not there here, uh, she's waving at her brain. Yeah. I was having a brain <laughs> issue. So I wake up. I'm like, Bing! and I'm like, I'm ready to do work. And I like do a bunch of work and yeah. I get finished with all my work at 11. Uh-huh. Nice. And I'm like, sweet. Now I'm, I'm going to relax for the rest of the day, which for people who know me, that's a big yeah, that's huge. I've, I don't think I've ever heard you describe a day this way. So this is sounding weird. This is it's crazy. So then I was like, all right, I'm gonna relax from eleven till rehearsal. Yeah, and I start uh, play a little bit of Zelda. Nice. And then I'm like, oh, I'm getting sleepy. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna read. 
So I started reading. I'm reading this book called Caraval right now. Oh. And I thought it was YA, but I think it's romance. Oh, <laughs> that's like a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, new adult now is like that hybrid where yeah. it reads like a YA and then all of a sudden they're having sex and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, no, there's like, there's definite sexy undertones that are happening. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there's going to be like some hot sex later. Yeah. But it's kind of, it's very like labyrinthy or like Ooh. Forbidden Gamesy where there's like a guy. I haven't read Forbidden Games yet. Should I? Um, I'll tell you in a second because oh. we're about to read it. Uh, oh, in Teen Creeps, okay. and I have not read it yet, but from what I've been told, it's very labyrinthy. Okay. Where it's like, a mysterious, handsome man is running a labyrinthine game, and she's playing it, and he's trying to get, you know, like, it's yeah. very... Sort of like if you shipped, like, Wes Bentley and uh, and Jennifer Lawrence in Hunger Games. Yes. Which, yeah. I mean, not that I did. I'm just saying, like, if you were a person who <laughs> like, was like, what if these two characters met? <laughs> Like, if what you, if, like, wrote about it on AO3. <laughs> like, what if, like, she fell through, like, some kind of, like, hole in the game and then he was, like, waiting for her in the room and, like, they had this, like, charged conversation that she didn't really understand what was happening. But <laughs> she just felt things that she had never felt before for Gail or Peta. <laughs> just what if? Wouldn't that be cu- crazy, crazy and weird? crazy. It would be so weird. But also kind of funny. Also so crazy. <laughs> or, like, Labyrinth. I feel like... Yeah. No, there's definite sexual tension <laughs> between a child and David Bowie. I mean, she's a child whatever we can talk about when she gets dressed up in that dress and her hair's all big i mean she's still a child she's still this a is, child but that, that's kind of like what's wrong with america because <laughs> <laughs> we're sexualizing children yes and and i it's funny because i don't think we talked about it that much in terms of this show because i think they don't didn't sexualize them that much except for maybe cordelia there's like a problem with making te- adults play teens uh-huh because it implies that teens are adults yeah yeah. Um, and like, did you? I probably talked about 13 Reasons Why enough on this show, but they all have tattoos. Oh, and the whole time you're like, how did these? So their parents signed a permission. Yeah, sign? exactly. <laughs> They're all 16. And you're like, how do you? They all have so many. And one of them, I, who's like the football player guy, mm-hmm. he has a ton of tattoos. And so I just assumed the actor had a ton of tattoos because I was like, this is a lot of tattoos for a 16 year old. Like, mm-hmm. he's who's supposed to be like the clean cut, you know, the like, yeah. good guy. And then I found out uh, most of them were made up tattoos. Like, they painted on him. Fa- oh my I'm god! I'm like, what? I don't understand. That's so weird. It is weird. <sighs> um, unless they're trying to like make a connection between the scars that they put on their bodies and the choice that Hannah makes, which is she can never take back. It's true. I haven't watched it. Coffee, 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 coffee. Don's fire breath is badass. Also, okay, if you were in the Scoobies, okay, and someone's acting a little weird, mm-hmm. just like weird enough for you to say their name in a questioning way. Uh-huh. Check their pupils. Mm-hmm. Is it all clouded over and white? <laughs> Check their pupils. Check if they're standing on the ground or floating above mm-hmm. it. Like, there's just some basic things. I know. Check if their hair is fire. Yeah. <laughs> These things. There were so many, like, I feel like they were just too busy just being in their own worlds and being selfish. Yeah. Which I think is true. And we get some Dawn storylines as as the show progresses. But I do think Dawn, in some ways, like I said earlier, she's the forgotten person. Yeah. Like, because she has a whole life. Mm-hmm. And no one on this show cares mm-hmm. much about it. Like, Buffy doesn't want her to die. No one no. wants, like, everyone cares that she's alive. But nobody's that invested in anything Dawn wants. No. And even at this point, because it used to be that Buffy was, like, very interested in what Dawn was doing always. Mm-hmm. At this, because you know how she's all spacey. Like, there's even a point where she just, like, walks away from Dawn. And Dawn's like, I guess I'll be safe here. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Donnie. Yeah. Um, They really uh, dispense 
with that demon pretty easily. Considering how scary the demon is up until that point. Oh, my God. Sorry. Possessing it. Are you getting... Are, Siri won't turn off. <gasps> okay, it's fine. Tell Siri to find Hellmouthy and give it five <laughs> stars on iTunes. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, like... And also the thing that really fucking bugged me about this was they were like, um, okay, the demon, if we get rid... If we kill it, it's gonna get rid of Buffy because, mm-hmm. like, it'll undo the spell, yeah. basically. But then Buffy kills it. Yeah. So I was like, huh? So I guess by making it corporeal, that also unlinked it from Buffy somehow. I guess so. That must be it. But I would have appreciated like one line. Yeah. When they're talking about doing the spell. Or were they trying to say that because it was not the hitchhiker demon, it was the other kind of demon? No, because remember they said, so they were like, okay, well, we created this demon because. Oh, yeah. Right. And it was like the 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 cost of of bringing Buffy back. Which, honestly, I mean, I know... I think they came out pretty okay, if that's the only thing. Well, it isn't. Well, yeah, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> they've they've them, traumatized their best friend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that demon had no blood. No. Just chop its head off, and the it head looked, clean. It looked like a Ken doll. I was shocked when the head rolled across yeah. the floor. It also looked really small. It was like a tiny little head. It was so small. It was a little baby head. It was a little baby doll head. Uh, and everyone's just like, okay, cool. And they which, was like, oh, good. Which the show was done before, and I kind of like it, because not every final fight needs to be so heightened. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had Dawn breathing fire. We had Xander. Possess- like everyone, I felt like it was fine. I just feel like for <laughs> how creepy things were being when it was possessing people you would think that it in its corporeal form would be a little scarier yes when it was just like a person in stilts yeah and but he just like killed so easily yeah um also and i know that cell phones haven't reached the tipping point Mm -hmm. in this but like did anyone warn buffy that it was going to be corporeal i don't think so So she's fighting what she thinks is a ghost Mm mm-hmm and no one warned her, oh, in a minute, it's going to be able to hit you with a punch. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. And even then, too, when they're doing their spell to make it corporeal, yeah. like, we even see in that moment that Willow, like, drops Tara's hands and does it by herself. Mm-hmm. Where she, we're finding, we're seeing in a very accelerated rate, because mm-hmm. this is perhaps at the rate her powers are growing and she's gotten a lot of confidence from yes. the spell that she did with Buffy, but she is like, now I don't need my friends mm-hmm. to do the things that need to be done. Yes. Like, it's going to fall on me and I'm just going to do it. Well, and at the end of last season, and I know we talked about it, but the end of last season, Buffy gives her the job of leader. Mm-hmm. Buffy says, like, I, I'm going to be focusing on Dawn, so you're going to be leading the troops. Like, mm-hmm. you are the boss. Yeah. And I think Willow still is. I think she should have taken care of the bills. <laughs> I think as leader, there are certain things she probably should have been on, but I feel like she still is kind of the boss mm-hmm. when the group was formed around the slayer initially yeah though okay so they all go to sleep mm. have a much better night's sleep oh everyone's so sleepy <laughs> no no bad dreams this time yeah well probably buffy has bad dreams but we She's don't know constantly about it. With bad dreams. yeah it's just her life now um and then she wakes up and she hangs out with everybody and her hair is on point dude it was when like 
she okay this is when she comes out in that like brown outfit right yes oh my god and she had that one streak of like blonde oh uh, my god it looked so good it looked amazing it was she like amazing and maybe it was like Sarah, Mich- Sarah Michelle Geller was like okay for the first time this season I don't look like a fool yeah like I don't look like a like I'm just out of hell digging yeah. out of a grave like make it look good yeah because it looks amazing she looks so good I was just like dang girl good yeah. for you yeah she looks great um and then we have Willow's Muppet Top. Okay, that <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, you cannot tell me that you are leader of the group and no. wearing that top. Maybe it's her aggressive. And then way did of- you see the skirt when she- if the camera panned out? No. It was different plaids like stitched together. So, like, <laughs> oh yeah, I- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought like it was one plaid that like matched the shirt, and I was like, okay, like a maxi yeah. plaid skirt or times have changed. But no, it is different plaids sewn together on an angle, on a mm-hmm. bias. Do you remember when that was cool? Uh-huh. Do you remember when different plaids sewn together but not on a bias but, like, square Ooh. in, like, shorts that went to your knee were cool? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember those? I do remember those. And they're Bermuda shorts. That's Bermuda shorts, yeah. There's, like, a – but there's, like, the Bermuda style and there's also, like, the skater version of that, mm-hmm. which is more of the red plaids. Yeah. The, like, yeah. heavier reds. Whereas the mm. Bermuda kind of have like the light blue. Yeah, I was vibe. with the light blue, um, like like light a tan kind of situation. Yes. Oh, I was just coming in from the beach like that. Yeah, you're wearing flip flops or something. Rainbows. Oh my god. <laughs> or ha- Havinas. <laughs> either one. Uh, yeah. Man. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. But yeah, Angel, uh, Willow is not doing any of those things. No, she's, she's wearing looking like a fool. I wondered though too, is that top? Do you remember? And when I say do you remember, I saw them at Rite Aid yesterday, so they still exist. Those shirts that are just like popcorn, they're a bubble. Mm-hmm. yeah, well, they're and like they, they're like a baby size. Yeah, they can fit anybody. They fit anybody, which is sort of true. Like the bigger a person you put on them, that they look different. They get more sheer. <laughs> yeah, they That's become sure. more sheer and stretched. Um, I remember one of my. This was such a weird. <laughs> This is such a weird memory to have. Mm-hmm. I remember my best friend in eighth grade got one of those shirts as a gift. Yeah. And her mom was like, oh, well, this is going to be great. You don't have to wear a bra with that shirt. Because your nipples won't show? I guess. But it was it was a weird, like, I was like, I mean, because it looks like a bunch of nipples all over your own shirt. <laughs> yeah, no one can find, find my nipple. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe because it's tight. But it's not it's not that tight. It's not tight because it can keep stretching forever. Well, here's the thing that it does on everyone. No matter what your shape is, it makes you look like you don't have a shape. Yeah, no, it <laughs> makes you look like you're just like a drawing of a person. Yeah, no, it makes you look like a tube sock filled with sand. <laughs> and if that you know what? Then you don't need a bra. <laughs> you don't you don't need a bra. <laughs> Which and we don't I bet Willow doesn't need a bra with her Muppet shirt. I wonder though what it feels like on the inside. I, it can you know be what really I feel uncomfortable. Like, you know what I feel like it is? Because I have felt the inside of those shirts before. Mm-hmm. Not from wearing, but because I've seen them and been like, what is going on? It's like a smooth. <laughs> okay. Because the the fibers are so like, I want to say shiny. Like, yeah. they're like um, very slick. Okay. And the the fibers like. They don't go sewed to. They, no. And the, and the fibers that they're sewed to are just like a stretchy fiber. So it's like nothing scratchy. It's just a smooth, staticky situation. Okay. You know? I wonder if when you sweat in it, it gets really gross. I bet you those, it's one of those shirts that smells bad instantly. Yeah. You know those types of shirts mm-hmm. where you put it on and five minutes later, you're like, well, now I smell terrible. Yep. Well, I mean, and I'm wearing a Muppet. And, yeah. And I look, I mean, my, <laughs> it was, 
I don't know what she's doing. I mean, maybe that's how cocky she is right now. She's like, I can wear a fucking Muppet. <laughs> Are you going to say anything? Is anyone going to say anything? You better no. not piss me off. Oh. oh. That's the next episode. Okay. <laughs> but do we want to talk about Sarah Michelle? We talked about it a little, but Sarah Michelle Geller's confession to Spike and that Spike's the person she tells. Yeah. So this is right after she's like said to everyone, I guess I should have thanked you earlier. Mm-hmm. I was in hell. Thank you for taking me out. Does like a weird, awkward hug where everyone is hugging her because they're so relieved to hear the words. Yeah. And then she leaves. Yeah. And sees him like in the shade. So she and she's like, what's she doing outside? It's the day. Because again, in the Buffy verse, it's not really clear how much sunshine hurts anyone. I know. <laughs> sometimes people explode. Yeah. Sometimes people literally are like a firework. Yeah. And other times people just hang out in the half shade in, uh-huh. in leather dusters and they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like kind of complaining to him about just being tired. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, I know I've never been to a hell dimension, but I know a little bit about torment. So if you ever want to yeah. talk to me and she's and then she says, I was happy. Yeah. Wherever I was, I was happy. I don't know anything about like spirituality, yeah. about like uh, different d- dimensions. But I know that I was something something like heaven mm-hmm. and basically everything that could be right was right. Yep. Her she, family was she knew everyone she loved was OK. She was at peace. She was good. The thing that made me feel so sad for her was when she said I was finished. Yeah. Because really, like, because it was it was a tiring existence for her mm-hmm. up until that point. Yeah. And and I think, does Spike say anything in response to her for that? I think he just is kind of like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he tries to comfort her and she's like, nah. Yeah. He, like, tries to touch her. And then she walks out into the sun so he can't touch her. And then he says, and they can never know. Yeah. Never. Which I understand her motivations for that. Me too. It's a television show. So we know that it's, <laughs> they're going to know in a very... Probably like, around sweeps-ish. Yeah. <laughs> in a very explodey way. Yeah. They're going to know. But right now they don't. Right now they don't. And it. I think that it elevates the whole episode, that last scene. Yes. Especially in terms of the, the season-long arc. Because the episode is fine. It's like demon of the week, kind of. Mm-hmm. And they're dealing with... Figuring out Buffy. And and because Giles isn't back, there really isn't anyone, like, really questioning Willow's choice. So mm-hmm. the con- the ongoing conflict isn't really there. And then we get this turn at the end, and it's like, uh, it explains Buffy's behavior all along. Mm-hmm. And puts everything kind of in a new light. And, and for me, I feel like this is where the season really starts. Yeah. Me too. Because um, those, the last three episodes are kind of the transition between season five in the beginning of season six. Because mm-hmm. we also meet the best supervillains to ever be supervillains oh in season god. in episode four. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we can skip talking about them, no, I guess. We can talk about them. I think we have to. So uh, flooded. Yes. We are dealing now with a lot of real life demons, which is yeah. bills. Bills. Piping. Piping. I hate plumbing problems. Me too. They're, they're the so worst. expensive and they're annoying and they you forget. Plumbing is one of those things you don't ever want to think about. You just want it to work. Yeah. And you don't really enjoy it when it's good because it's just working. It's just, I mean, it's baseline. It's baseline. Whereas, like, I think if you get, like, your kitchen remodeled, you, like, enjoy it. You're like, ooh, my backsplash. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't. I would. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you'd enjoy it. But if just, like, oh, my toilet flushes. It's not like every time it flushes, you're like, ooh. 
I think there are certain things like water pressure can be important. Sure. But like once you've but, had the same good water pressure for a week, are you mm-hmm. even like, ooh, water pressure anymore? Mm, well, I moved from a place that had terrible, okay. terrible water pressure to like, I'm pretty sure my house is like not up to code with like <laughs> water saving because yeah. it just blasts out water oh, no. like crazy. So, but the shower head is like good in dispersing the water. Yeah. So like it feels great. And you can you can barely turn on the water, and it'll be like, whoosh. yeah. Whereas like the other one, you'd have to like literally like splash water on your. It was oh, horrible. No. Um. So I do like even at, like once every like three months, I'll be like, yeah, oh, my water pressure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's so baseline. It's like, it's one of those things where you. I mean, you take it for granted. Yeah. Um. And Buffy certainly wasn't thinking about it while she was in heaven. No. So now she's got to think about it, and she's trying to fix it herself, which. Is hard. I mean, you could do a lot of things, Buffy, but plumbing is like, it's a trade. It's a trade. There's a reason it's a trade. And you're not even reading a book. You're just winging it. You're just winging it. You cannot it. wing plumbing. You cannot wing plumbing. Dear God. Like, re- at least go Google it or something. Ask, hey, Ask Dawn me. likes research. There you go. She could research it for you. There you go. Um, But she doesn't. And this pre-credit sequence was much more what I expect from the show, Buffy. Yes. Because <laughs> everything goes to hell. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then, and then Xander plays man of the house mm-hmm. and deals with the plumber mm-hmm. and gets a deal that isn't very cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have to talk about money. Yeah. Which we've kind of touched on and I don't understand why Willow didn't try to sell the house. Yeah. Because she was getting a place to live. Because I'm sure the mortgage yeah. payment was probably under market for what the... Yeah. Or maybe the house was underwater. That's a, Here's the other thing. Is the... The house prices in Sunnydale shouldn't be any lower than they were when they moved to Sunnydale. Because mm. when they moved to Sunnydale, there was no slayer living in Sunnydale. Yeah. So more people were probably dying. Well, is this a Batman Joker situation? Maybe. Because <laughs> we've been talking about the the property prices in Sunnydale for a while. Oh, yeah. They're low. And they even say, the loan officer says, yeah, they are says, low. But he says, like, they've dropped drastically. Now, if Oh, they, well, she died. So maybe in the last six months? Six months they dropped? Okay. It's just, I don't know. It seems like there should be some equity in that house. I don't know why there isn't. Do they still have a car? Sell the car. I don't know. It feels like the, I don't, and maybe it's just like, I want Joyce to have been more on top of things, but it feels crazy Mm -hmm. that Joyce left them in this position. Yeah. I I mean, mean, the thing was, she was dealing with being sick so i guess yeah. she was kind of like maybe she was like oh you know what what if she's about to go on that date right yeah and, and she's like you know what i'm feeling so good i'm gonna deal with all the the finances tomorrow yeah and then she died yeah, she died <laughs> i like that better than she opened the bill and went, ah! <laughs> um and maybe she didn't have good health insurance you know maybe this is really um an analog to be an indictment of the um american health insurance industry i mean it felt really similar to like when they were talking about all the hospital bills and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like I first of all I was like, okay, so this is like a pre Obamacare <laughs> uh world. Um but like yeah, I, I remember uh working in that field in um in that time or not yeah. that time, that time, but like pre ACA and it mm-hmm. was like it it was expensive. Could a person can a dead person file for bankruptcy? no so like so they're they have their estate 
So, so yeah, I feel like the estate should file for bankruptcy if they can't pay their Who's bills. Who's the executor of her estate? That's a is great question. Buffy? I mean, I'm sure it is. It shouldn't be because she's not equipped. <laughs> no. I mean, Buffy with Giles by her side is fine, but mm-hmm. Buffy by herself is not. But yeah, I'm sure it's Buffy. Either way, there's no money. There's no money. And I think, I guess, it, and that's, I think, what, where it, like, where I got annoyed. And I think it was Tara trying to be nice. When Tara's like, your mother took such good care of you guys to leave you with good insurance. Yeah, life There's insurance. just bills. And it's like, well, no, she didn't. If she didn't leave enough life insurance to cover the bills that she had while she was alive, she didn't leave. She didn't. Yeah, I mean. And I'm not saying that makes Joyce a bad mother or anything like that. But, like, Tara, that's bullshit. If a ger- person dies in a debit, including life insurance, they didn't take care of their dependents. Mm. Yeah. They di- they just didn't. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I mean that, Buffy's that, not her dependent anymore. Well, yeah. I guess de facto she is, but. Yeah, I mean. And there's but no. If, if you, if you, say your bills are $125,000 and you have a $100,000 life insurance policy, your life insurance didn't take care of that anyone. Because it's still your debt. Yeah. And then when the. And then when they were like, oh, start a college fund for Dawn, I was like, what? Start? <laughs> oh, I was like, wi- that is low-ass priority right now. Oh, true. I mean, they need to pay the house. They need to pay the house. They need to have a place to also, live. Also, Dawn can take out loans, I guess. I yeah. mean, I'm still fucking suffering from that. That's, But that's what it is right now. Yeah. Um. Yes, you're right. Start up. I mean, but or maybe they already raided the college that's fund. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm sure that it was there and that it was used for, like, I guess that's what it is. is I feel like there's some mismanagement from Willow. That's what I think. And I feel like Tara is covering it up by being like, your mother did a perfect job. Don't look into it. And I'm like, mm, let's, I feel like let me Willow, see the numbers. I feel like Willow did. Which it's okay. Because I wouldn't, when I was 20, you're like, here is all of this stuff to deal with. But also, like, I mean, I would hire a lawyer. It's not her money. That's what I'm annoyed with. Like, she's like living in this house and maybe paying money towards the mortgage, but like, also, I don't know. I mean, she's also taking care of Dawn, which isn't her responsibility. True. She's and that that. is a cost. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, it's like they're they're pseudo family, but then when it came to finances, they dumped it right back on Buffy, Mm -hmm. which I think was the part that of that. And I think we're supposed to feel like it. Like, it's overwhelming. I think we're Mm -hmm. supposed to identify with Buffy. And we're going back to where I just always identify with Buffy. Yeah. But, like, it does feel unfair that they were willing to be part of the family when it gave them a place to stay and a plan. Yeah. And now that there's, like, the money problems. Oh, Buffy, you better look at this. Yeah. There's money problems. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to do if the spell didn't work? Mm -hmm. Did you have a plan? What was that plan? You guys can go move back to the dorm and let Dawn live on the streets? But that's the thing. That's that's Willow's problem is yeah. that she's just like, well, it just won't fail. Because she's – Yeah. Ugh, she, hubris. Yeah, she's arrogant. Um, And in movies, loan officers are always jerks. Yeah. Which is weird because they can't – one, I've never met a, met a mean bank person. Mean I've never you, been doing uh, anything weird. I've never asked for a loan that is unreasonable though. And yeah. Usually on TV and movies, they're asking for loans that aren't reasonable. Yeah. But yeah, they're usually, I mean, also, fine. it's not like they're not benefiting either way. No. I mean, they want to make a loan that they think will get paid back. Yeah. That's all it is. So if you're asking for a certain amount of money and they don't think you're going to pay it back, why would they give you money? And that's the thing, too. It's, mu- it's numbers. It's not, it's not, it's not feelings. Yeah. And that was, and that was the, 
where I like I felt bad for Buffy for sure because I was like, oh, she didn't get the loan. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like just on paper, you don't have income. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's no foreseeable way that you're going to be able to pay any of this yeah. back. What did you think of the suggestion that she should make money on slaying? That made me think of Angel. Yeah, it made me think of Angel. And also, at least in the movies, and I think this is true in the comics too, uh, Spider-Man does make money being Spider-Man because Peter Parker takes pictures of Spider-Man mm-hmm. that are exclusives. You know what it is? He is? He's gaming the system. He's gaming the system. So Spider-Man does, and again, I remember that from the movies. I don't remember re- right now he's, uh, Peter Parker is like the head of a, huge science conglomerate so he's not (laughs) so he doesn't need money but i believe my understanding is that peter parker did make money off of being spider-man by selling spider-man pictures Mm -hmm. so anya was right yes anya was technically right if you like but xander could have supported her she was right enough that xander could have said well you know technically instead of yeah not supporting her one also i think she you don't think it's about spider-man (laughs) <laughs> I I still feel bad for Anya here because it's like she has been being fucking strung along and he does like when he's like giving her all this bullshit about oh I just want to be perfect I love you and when she falls for it and then it's like hey like this isn't fair you're yeah. doing this I have been in relationships with guys like that yeah. where they will like uh, like say that they'll they're sorry or like they'll change or whatever and right. or what or whatever or like distract me from like the thing that I'm upset about sure and then I'll be like, wait, no, I'm ma- I'm I'm mad. I'm gonna yeah. be mad about this thing, right? But that's what charming people do. Yeah, that's their deal. And I mean, I guess I just called Xander charming. Which what a first, yeah, for you. <laughs> I mean, he is to Anya. That's the thing. Is Anya, and that's the thing too about like, and we've talked about like relationship imbalances. Yeah, he's got all the power. Totally, she has no power in that relationship, and so he can string her along because mm-hmm. she's not going anywhere. He isolates her from everybody else. Yep. In the group. I'm wondering, is he emotionally abusive? Because <laughs> he will isolate her and then... I think that he wants... I think he's controlling. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has it... Do you think he's not smart enough to be emotionally abusive? <laughs> no, I think he's not, like, beaten down enough by life yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I think if we jump forward 10 years in their relationship and their if their dynamics didn't change, I think that's where they would be. Yeah. I don't I don't think what they're doing now is super healthy. Yeah. And the fact that he does that and she calls him on it and he doesn't change. The fact yeah. that by the end of Flooded we don't have a scene where he's like yeah. different. No, he's not. It's the same. Um her hair is cute and curly. Yeah. She looks great. She looks great. She's just hung up on this guy who's like stunted. Yeah. He's yeah. not he's not a bad guy. No, and I think also like when she I don't know. I feel I. I don't know. I just feel bad for her. I, like she was stunted when she first became human, for sure. So it yeah. worked. It made sense. But she's getting more humanity. Well, and I think she again. She's more in love with him than he is in love with her. I think mm-hmm. that's my hot take. And he, and so she's willing to grow and change for him. Mm-hmm. And he's not right now. Like he's shown that before. I think that like that. I remember that episode with. Uh, when Riley left mm-hmm. and Xander like has his epiphany and he like comes to, to Anya and he's like, no, I want to commit to you. Like he's had moments like that before, but he's, mm-hmm. he's not doing it now. I feel like Xander is so selfish. And every time he sees like someone else's relationship fall apart, he's like, Oh, well that could be like mine. And that's like, yes, it takes like him seeing someone else's 
tragedy than him protecting it on himself because he's selfish Mm -hmm. and then being like, oh, I don't want that to happen. And then making some grandiose gesture and then not following through with it at all. I think that's true. I think that he and all of us are in our own bubble. Mm. Um, But Xander, too, like he could have figured out what's up with Buffy way faster Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he kind of knows when he's talking to Tara that something might be wrong. Yeah. And he allows himself to buy into Buffy's spiel instead of having a one. The fact that none of these people have a one on one conversation with Buffy. Yeah. Is pretty telling about how deep they really want to go. Mm-hmm. They don't. It feels like they don't really want to face what could be the truth. Yeah. Yeah. None of them are just like, hey, Buffy, let's have a con- like, mm-hmm. are you OK? What can I do? Whatever. Yeah. How are you? But not like in a, how are you? I just want you to say you're fine so we can be done with this conversation. Yeah. Or even just saying, Buffy, I can tell you something's off with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we don't get that. No. Giles comes back. I loved that. When Giles comes back and they're both like, like Buffy stops mid-sentence mm-hmm. and crushes him in this hug. Yeah. Um. Well, and I feel like Giles and Spike are the two people who are really seeing her. Mm-hmm. They're not seeing like, and maybe it's because they didn't have a role in bringing her back, but they it, they feel less like when they look at her, they're trying to see a reflection of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they they really are coming toward her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was good to have Giles back, and he is not happy with Willow. Nope. Oof. Nope. Uh. And I love that he is, like, you know, mildly polite to her in in group settings. Yes. And then also, how fucking dumb is she when she's like, it was crazy. Like, this was happening and that was happening. mm -hmm. Like, she's talking like it's a field trip. Yep. Or like, yeah, like it was was a field trip. Or like a crazy night on the town. Mm Mm-hmm. She was living it up. No, dude. And he's just like, you're so stupid. How could you play with forces this strong like you mm-hmm. knew there was a risk and you did it and the thing is the thing that really drives me fucking nuts is that she wasn't like yeah that was risky and i she just doubles down and it's like yeah. you know what what i did was amazing yeah. i'm awesome and ends it with well so first he's like you what does he call her he calls her a rank amateur mm-hmm. amateur mm-hmm. and she says you know what I am really strong and you'd do best to not piss me off. And he just walks out. Yeah. And then instantly back to like, oh, come on, Giles. I don't want to fight. When it's yeah. Like, after you just threatened his you, life. You, you heard what you said. You know what you just did. I don't know how anybody could be Team Willow at this point. I mean, I, I mean, guess I like, could well, see it worked. I mean, you, I could see how Tara would be. You okay. mean like characters? You mean humans? I mean viewers. Viewers. Yeah, I don't know. I think you would see... I think if you felt like her threatening Giles was an aberration, maybe you could be Team Willow. <laughs> but it's not. Uh, yeah, maybe you like harbor some secret hatred for Giles or something and you're like, yeah. You think Giles is a stick in the mud. Yeah. But yeah, I don't see how you could as a viewer. Uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, unless you're also kind of like that kind of person. If you're an sure. ends justify, if you're a Machiavelli. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's and they'd be like, well, it worked. So I don't know why he's giving her a hard time. Buffy's back. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, at this point that Buffy wasn't happy. Yeah, I think that's part of it, too. I think that's why it's hard as a viewer to be on Team Willow, because, you know, 
that Willow didn't do it. Mm -hmm. That Willow succeeded in her task, but her task, she didn't know what her task was. She was, she was stupid. She was stupid. Or ignorant, I guess is a fair way to say it. Like, Mm -hmm. she didn't know all the facts before she did it. Yeah, she was ignorant and arrogant. And, I mean, the thing is, she is an amateur. Mm -hmm. She's doing all this for the first time. She's she's not a pro. She's not, like, bringing people out of the ground left and right. And when he's like, she's like, I did something that, like, no other witch can do. And he's like, there are other witches that can do this. Yeah. You don't want to know those people. Yeah. There's a world, a dark world that you're messing with that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, Willow. So we kind of skipped over this. When Buffy is at the loan officer's yes. office, mm-hmm. there's a monster of the week. Monster of the week. He's crazy. He's, he's tall. He's strong. He's got a fish head, kind of. Yeah. And he's wearing like a leather yeah. button-down shirt <laughs> and like loafers. And he fights Buffy and he's able to best her. Yeah, he's very strong. But it's cute when he he leaves and then Buffy's like, so can I have the loan now because I saved your life? Which mm-hmm. is cute. And I also liked the cut too. He didn't give it to you? I did like that. <laughs> that was cute. Um, I do think the Slayer should – I do think the Watcher's Council should give the Slayer. Oh, come on. It's like – They pay the Watchers. I know. It's like they should pay them the way like college football players should be paid. Yeah. Like, yeah, they also are getting an education, but like – Yeah. They should get a salary. Or they should at least pay for her like room and board. Yes. At the very at least. At the very least. But, I mean, but they usually don't last that long, I guess. Well, then that means they can give them more money. Well, that's not true because they'll always be paying. Never mind. Yeah. Let's not worry. Well, or, or would Faith be the one getting the money right now? That's what the no, Watchers Council they don't would need do. to give her any money. No, but that's what they would do. You yeah, know they would. They would. They'd just like, well, yeah, we were willing for commissary. To, yeah, well, like, we'd, we're willing to pay room and board for the current Slayer, but the current Slayer's in jail. Yeah, it's already being paid for. What are we going to do? Oh, I hate the Watchers Council. I hate them. They're so Ugh. bureaucratic. Oh, such bullshit. Um, so, yeah, so we find out mm. that... The entire monster showing up was a cover mm-hmm. to steal money, mm-hmm. which doesn't actually make sense of how banks work. Mm-mm. Because in order for the drawers to be opened, a person has, has to, to open to them. So, I guess unless they, unless the people work behind the drawers had the drawers open and just went like, ah! And, and ran just, away. And ran away without just close Because to close a bank drawer is just a, to push. a flip it, over the wrist. It also seemed as if they had somehow gotten into a vault because there was a lot There was so of much money. money. So do we think, maybe this monster is just like so strong he just like opened it through force. Sure. But then show us that. But sure. I think they didn't want anyone to be looking for the bank robbery because they didn't want to think it was bank robbery. Yeah. It was not clear. No. Long story short though. But they're human hands. We see human hands taking mm-hmm. a bunch of money with no die packs, I guess. Yeah, they're just lucky. They're just lucky. It's the three boys. We can call them the three boys. The three boys. <laughs> it's the three boys. The Geek um, Squad. Yes. And we've seen two of them before. Yes. We've seen it's Jonathan, mm-hmm. who up until this point, pretty good dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, things didn't go well for him and no one really liked him, but mm-hmm. he was sweet. He gave uh, Buffy her protector award. Mm-hmm. He had that episode where he became really. Uh, like James Bond mm-hmm. and then went back to not having friends and it was really sad. Mm-hmm. But like, we, I didn't have anything against Jonathan. Oh, no. he almost, he almost shot up the school that time. No, he almost shot himself. He was going to oh, kill yeah, himself. Oh yeah, he was, he was going to kill himself. It was, it was the lunch lady who was going to kill all the people. Mm-hmm. 
I guess I gotta rewatch this episode. <laughs> and then Warren. Oh yeah, he almost yeah. shot himself with a rifle, which he was which not gonna what? shoot. What? He's gonna use his toes? <laughs> okay, we we've litigated this. I know. I know. We've talked about this. Okay, because I picture him with the rifle, and I'm like, how could he possibly be trying to kill himself? And then I said, with his toes. It <laughs> doesn't make any sense. You pull that trigger with your toe. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So, so that's Jonathan. That's Jonathan Warren. Warren, who we hate. Because he made a he made robot, the robot girlfriend. He made a robot girlfriend that he abandoned when he met a real-life woman that he liked. And then she ditched him because she found out that he made robot girlfriends. Well, totally fair. And then robot girlfriend just died on a swing mm-hmm. hanging out with Buffy. And he was like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Ugh. And then Spike was like, hey, here's some parts and some uh, outfit. Make me a Buffy bot. He did. Mm-hmm. So we, okay, so we have a tech genius, mm-hmm. a Jonathan. Jonathan's like spells. He knows about spells. And then we have Andrew, who is like a conjurer. He's a conjurer and he's kind of just like, he seems the least dedicated to the cause. Yes. He, I think, <laughs> honestly is, th- I I love Jonathan. I'm oh, glad to yeah. see, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I love, well, I love Jonathan and Andrew. And um, I don't mind Warren as a baddie because he is like such he's a, a bad. He's bad and gross and like, he represents kind of like a, a geek boy thing that I'm excited that we will get to deconstruct this season a little bit. Yes. Like, so I'm I'm down with these three guys as wannabe villains. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like hearts of gold, the only one who really has a heart of gold, I think, is Andrew. John. Oh. Oh, you think Andrew. Oh. I think. Well, here's the <laughs> That thing. was interesting. I like that we said yeah. different names. I think that Andrew is so thirsty for a belonging. Yeah. And to be loved and to be uh, noticed. Right. Which, I mean, we see in that moment where they're talking about, you know, like, well, I did this. Well, I did this. And he and they're like, we all remember when you brought those yes. like wild, those dog demons to the prom. And he's uh-huh. like, that was my brother. I had nothing to do with that. And it's one of those things where like they're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't you. <laughs> um, and he, his claim to fame happened off screen. Yes. And I mean, presumably... Because it was his older brother who did the prom thing. So presumably Buffy was in college. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that Buffy wouldn't be a part of stopping the flying monkeys that happened at the school play, play which is amazing. That's awesome. Maybe that's why I want to say his article because yeah. that is such – and I hope that it was like the whiz. No, well, they said everyone was like, Juliet. Oh, yeah, just during Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just this flying demon monkeys. I love it. Um, and I do like – and I the thing that I really liked too is that we kind of see – a little bit of the chemistry of this group. Yeah. When that Mephoshnik demon yes. is like, kill the Slayer. Mm-hmm. And so they circle up and Warren's like, well, we got to kill the Slayer. Yeah. And both Jonathan and Andrew are like, I don't want to kill the Slayer. No. And that wasn't our original goal. Yeah. They were like, we just, we just want to do this to hang out and like, yeah, we want to rule the town. They're like, but we're, they're like, we didn't, murder is not. And you can see that Warren is just like, fuck that. You, you don't think I know that murder's, like, a crime? Like, so what? Like, a crime is a crime, yeah. which is not true. Right. Like, there are levels of, like, that's why they're separated into, like, property crimes and, like, <laughs> violent crimes. That's yeah. why they're separated. But he's like, uh, bank robbery is not a crime, or is a crime, too. And it's like, yeah, but there was no, like, we... I think there's also the part that Warren is delusional. Because he thinks power. he could kill, yeah. He thinks he can kill the Slayer. Like, come what on, bro. idiot. You're an idiot. You know how many thousands of people thought they could kill a Slayer who were way stronger than you? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Whereas I think Jonathan knows in his heart he cannot kill the Slayer. Oh, Jonathan knows he can't. And Andrew's like, I don't want to. I don't want to. 
I just want to do tricksy tricks. Yeah, I just want to conjure demons. (laughs) Let's just conjure some demons. So they've got this, like... Also, I don't understand why the demon wants them to kill the Slayer. I don't know. It seems like, well, why don't don't you want to kill the Slayer? It seems like most demons want to kill the Slayer. Not want some, like, weird human boys to kill the Slayer. (laughs) I mean, so it ends up the way it makes more sense to me is that they give the Slayer's address to this guy. Well, Warren does. Oh, yeah. And they're like, how did you do that? And didn't they say, like, don't you have some, they're like, do you have some weird hypnotizing power? You don't remember them saying that? No. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, don't you know? Or something like that. And they're just like, huh? And then it cuts to something else. And I was like, well, I don't know what the purpose of that was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But we have to talk about the their lair a little bit. Yeah. So it's in Warren's mom's basement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's three beanbags. Mm-hmm. Facing away from a television mm-hmm. that seems to be playing a walkthrough of a video game. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what is happening. So is the idea that that's what they keep on for like ambiance? Uh, yeah. I think they have a, a Okay, aesthetic. but like is that a thing that you in that time, 2001, 2002, whatever it is. I have no idea. You would just buy a walkthrough of Call of Duty? No. Could, you know what? I think they're maybe they're like hacked into someone's landline. Someone's having a LAN party. Okay. <laughs> It still makes so much less sense than they would have, like, a movie on. You know what? I've Maybe been, You know what they did? They created a bot that can play Call of Duty or whatever game they were, that was on there. I guess maybe it's just being a person who's not that into video games. Mm. The idea of just watching video games being played by other oh. people sounds so freaking boring, especially well, with no sound. Twitch. But that's a sound. It's true. That's, like, with commentary. With commentary, mm-hmm. I'd be, I could see. Mm-hmm. But like Just having like it as like your background through? thing, I have no idea. Because they were also facing, all the chairs were away from it. So you know what I think? I think they were like, we are techie nerd dudes that are taking, you know what, we're going to take the world night back. Yeah. And they're like, let's, what? what's nerdy? Video games? Okay, we'll do that. I, we can't play it the whole time. Let's just have a playthrough playing. That's That'll communicate it. Beanbags. Great. Uh, money is this, on the is ground. Is this the set decorator on the set? Because that I believe. <laughs> I don't believe that don't Warren. Believe Warren. No, because I can see if they had it paused. Yeah, like we'll play this game in a minute. Or and it just was so weird. Just the load screen. Just <laughs> the load screen would have made yeah. so much more yeah. sense. And instead, it's just like different. Someone is clearly playing. Yeah, because it's like a person playing. Huh. But there, or even if the TV was angled such that any of them could have been playing it, I feel like it's just. For a sake, like for the sake of like a tech accomplishment, mm-hmm. Warren made a bot that can beat the entire game, and he just has it playing on a loop. Ugh, I hate Warren. I know he's terrible. He's a terrible, terrible, terrible man. He is. You know that actor has been interviewed, and he's like, I know that I'm generally hated. People see me and they hate me, and they aren't sure why, and then Aww. they remember it's because of Buffy. That's funny. <laughs> but I mean, he has his character is despicable. Yes. So I guess it's. I like the idea that he has a bot. The bot thing makes more sense. I do think it was just some set decorator was like, like I don't video, know, games. video games. And then they set up the place so that they're facing away from the video mm-hmm. games. Um, and then they've got their periscope. They've got, <laughs> which, which is, is pretty so, funny. like, they're just watching his mom plant tulips. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I forgot how they resolve things at the end of that, the 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 three boys. Um, well, they just send him away. Him away. That, oh, right. No. And then remember, they're like, great. Our problem was taken care of via the Slayer. Um, and that's when Jonathan brings up, like, yo, 
uh, if we keep doing shit like this, like the Slayer is going to come after us. Yeah. And of course, Warren is like high off of his accomplishment. He's like, so what? We can take care of her. And he's blowing his flamethrower inside. He's such an idiot. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see these three boys. The, these three boys. That's what they are. Yeah. Uh, and what they do. I did have another moment of like television. Come on. <laughs> when Buffy is like doing a thing of like making up the bed for Giles on the couch. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about how like her mom used to do it and she doesn't have the right sheets or whatever. You got to take the pillows off the backside of the bed. That was driving me crazy. <laughs> you can't like, leave wait, all those pillows. It's like he's just going to have to be like a completely still pencil on his side. Oh, well, he could lie like Joyce did. <laughs> I don't know why I keep making dead Joyce jokes today. But like, yeah, there's no room on that. That's how couches work. And I'm like, the reason why you're having so much trouble putting that goddamn fitted sheet on uh-huh. those cushions is because you're having to reach under. Pull, yeah, just pull, pull them, off. them off. Pull them off. Stack them on the ground. Great. Then you you put the thing down. Then, if the person wants to put some pillows back on, they can. That's Let, their own leave business. Leave it to them. But yeah, you put a, you take all the pillows off. You leave the cushions. You wrap a yeah. sheet around the cushions. You put a pillow at the head of the thing. You put a, a flat sheet on top. Then you put a blanket on top of that. Mm-hmm. Boom. You bed. It's like a little bed. It's like a little bed instead of being like a little, like half little bed. Yeah. No, it's barely. I couldn't believe it. Because <laughs> when she, like, at first I was just like, that's weird that she's not moving the pillows off. That's weird that she's not moving the pillows off. And then she's like, I don't, I'm just not that good at it. I'm like, no, you just aren't. pull them off. And Giles is just trying to be nice to her. Yeah, so he's, he's just like holding that dumb fucking pillow. And as soon as she leaves, he's like, yeah, <laughs> he's just going to put this on the floor. <laughs> um, and I liked that moment there with them. But it also still demonstrated how apart from everyone she feels. Yes. Because he tries to comfort her at one point mm-hmm. and like reaches for her yeah, and it's sure. so awkward because she just gets up and walks away yeah. and he's like uh, no nope. okay okay uh, my hand was just uh, I was doing this doing the stretch yeah uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so she goes outside and has some more time with quiet time with Spike in the yeah. backyard I love their pat- that porch of theirs that's a really their nice backyard porch. is great yeah they've got a good backyard yeah beautiful it's a nice place where only good things happen <laughs> um <laughs> And then I wrote this down, but I don't remember what okay, it was g- about. Give it to me. It says, what has Dawn been reading? Oh, when – oh, shit. What was it? Someone says, what have you been reading? Giles says that. Okay. What have you been reading? Because Dawn says – She knows about – because it wasn't salacious or anything. No. It was like a weird thing where it was like something about like – but it was almost violence too, but it was like technical knowledge. I remember oh, thinking like, what, what does she know? We'll never know, y'all. I do think Dawn, giving Dawn the research role, especially now that Willow doesn't give a, a fig about research anymore. <laughs> a fig. She doesn't. She doesn't she care. Doesn't. She doesn't. Um, so giving her that role, I think, is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a great place to put her, and it gives her some kind of, um, oh, it was when she referenced sweatshops. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Because she says, uh, am I going to have to work it a poorly, poorly ventilated? Yeah. That's right. Cause, yeah. Oh, because she's finding out about the money problems. Yes. <laughs> I bet it's creditors. The hounding has begun. I read about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think I like that version of Dawn. Me too. The version of Dawn is just like curious and is going to figure things out. And yeah, you can ignore her. But, but she has her a- whole life. Yeah. And she's going to go read a book about it. And yeah. she'll know more than you. Mm-hmm. So maybe. Yeah. I like that. Me too. Um, And I do think. That having Giles around a little bit is is good. Yeah. Even if he is going to have to redefine what his role is within. Yeah. The 
15. He definitely is going to have to. And also, I mean, so then at the towards the end of the episode, after the Foshnik demon is disposed of. Yeah. Um, and I did like that Buffy was like, no, not that. Like, yeah. everything's getting destroyed. She's like, how uh, many times did mom have to fix this house? A lot, Buffy. A lot, Buffy. Um, <laughs> maybe that's where all the money was going. Maybe. I just, I don't know, man. It's it's a television show. Yeah. It's a TV show. Um, but, oh, so uh, Buffy gets a phone call and it's Angel. Yeah. And this is like mid her trying to talk to Giles about uh, money problems. Yes. And to Willow about something else? Or was it Dawn? I think it's Dawn and Giles. Oh, okay. I think it's like the family unit. Yeah. And she's like, and I think this is the uh, negative part of old Buffy yeah. that we see here where he's like, okay, well, we'll figure it out. Um, We'll figure out the money thing and then you can go. And she's like, no, I have to go right now. Uh, She's like, thanks for dealing with this to Giles, which I was like, this is exactly the old yeah. patterns that you had. And mm-hmm. the reason why he like would get frustrated with you yes. because like you'd be like, oh, why don't you take care of it? Uh-huh. Where he's not your dad. Nope. And like earlier. And even if he was, you're a grown up now. Yeah. So when she was like, thanks so much for coming out to deal with this and just walks away and they're alone in this like destroyed house with yeah. Giles literally holding all of your bills in his hands. It's like, oh, he came back for this. But of course, and that's the problem is she knows on some level that he's so thrilled to have her back that yeah. he will stay there and fix it. At least I think this she's once. also, and when we talked about thirstiness, I think she's also thirsty to see what happens when she sees Angel. Mm-hmm. And I know that I have like that Buffy Angel OTP thing, but I think that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. I think because she's seen she's she's seen everybody mm-hmm. except kind of one person mm-hmm. that she's going to get to see. She won't get to see her mom. So like I think there's also like if he's like, hey, let's. I mean, meet in the middle is what you do when you need to see someone ASAP. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a great place for them to meet too. That's like separate from where the rest of their lives are happening, mm-hmm. because especially for them, we know they can't ever be together forever. Yeah. So it is a great place to have this like moment that they get to have. Yes. That they can walk away from and have it be completely right. encapsulated. From I their mean, lives. the next three episodes are going to be about them in that moment. So we'll get to see everything that happened. We'll get to see the whole thing. The whole thing. It'll be a crossover event of the century. I know. It's crazy that they did a crossover <laughs> event so quickly. <laughs> so quickly. Um, But yeah, so I think that part of her, her I gotta go, gotta go, is I need to see him. Yeah. Who calls? Angel. Um, no, no, no. Angel calls her. Uh-huh. Because Willow called Cordelia and left a message. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I just can't remember. How, I just can't remember the... I know that at the end of Angel... Mm-hmm. Cordelia delivers the message that Buffy's alive. And Angel's like, what? And then Fred's like, who's Buffy? Yeah. That was not a Fred impression. I'm sorry. (laughs) It came out weird. You're very unlike you. This whole So many dead Joyce jokes. (laughs) Guys, my knee hurts. (laughs) I may or may not have taken some Norca. No. uh, But like, yeah. So I'm just trying to remember the like exact dynamic. So it's probably Willow Willow called Cordelia. Who tells in person Angel? Angel calls Buffy. Is like, yo, I know you're alive. She's like, oh my goo, oh my goo, and he's so mean. Yeah, and they're like in the middle. She's like, yes. So middle. like, uh, where are they? Because Sunnydale is like supposed to be like Santa Barbara. Barbara. So um, they're, they're meeting in Oxnard. <laughs> they're meeting in the Nard, and then they're in the Nard. Oh, are they like 
like they're in Agora Hills. Oh my god! They pull off the road in Agora Hills. They go see Corey Feldman and the Angels. <laughs> no, they don't. They're too good for that. They're not. <laughs> they're not interested. They say no, thank you. That sounds upsetting. Um. Yeah. So they don't do that. They don't do that. Uh. But yeah. So they meet in the middle to talk mm-hmm. or to see each other. I mean, we know they're like staycationing wherever they go. They're gonna go in a hotel room. They're gonna like just be there. You think they're gonna get a hotel room? Where do you think they're? What do you think they're gonna do? I think they're getting a hotel room for sure. I think if they meet in Ventura, they're gonna hang out. Oh shit! Sorry, I said the beach. They can't. I, they can't at night. At night, she's like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, in my mind, I think I was just picturing that. Yeah, scene they're getting a hotel room. from Anne. What's Anne? The episode, the first episode. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> that scene where they're on the beach. Yeah. Um, no, I guess yeah. I guess they have to. They'll just get a hotel room. Yeah. Or, or it's is not going to be the, sleazy. Is he taking the surf liner down? <laughs> or up is he taking like the train <laughs> so he's like he's brought some aluminum foil he mm-hmm. just like puts it on the window <laughs> well he maybe gets a sleeper mm. pulls down the curtain pulls down those shades it's under the blankies he's like when I wake up I'll see Buffy <laughs> <laughs> um no maybe he just drives at night yeah and they meet up and they probably they talk there's so much talking so much talking and a lot I, of her just like nuzzling into that do you think yeah I, I think there's like, like she's so her she's so emotionally broken right now. I think she is, but I think with Angel, specifically with Angel, because they can only hang out with each other like encased in amber. Yeah. She can be emotionally available. Do you think she tells him the truth? Shit, I don't about know. About where she's been. Because I actually even like thinking back, like because we've watched this show. Oh, I was before. kidding about us getting to watch all we don't know what happens. We don't know what happens. I can't rem- I don't remember if he knows or not. Well, I don't know that at this moment. Yeah, I don't know that the show. Yeah, there's not a lot. There's of, no reason why he would explain all of that on Angel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no spoiler. Alert, they don't. Neither of them leave their respective towns and become one show. No, he stays in Los Angeles. She stays in Sunnydale. Yeah. So, yeah, but I don't think they. Yeah, I don't know what she tells him. I hope that she could be honest with him. I think she can. I think she can. Because even when she's been, well, because she's different now, but I would say that even when she's been completely shut off from everybody, yeah. she has brought down her walls for him. Yes. And I think he also sees through some of them. Of course. So, yeah. So I hope that she can be um, uh, open and honest with him and that the way that with Spike, even with him, she feels like she's alone, mm-hmm. which she meant as a nice thing. Oh, she, she doesn't, totally meant yeah. she doesn't feel tired being around him. Right. Whereas I think with Angel, hopefully she can feel not alone, but still not drained. Exactly. She can feel taken care of, which is yeah. what she needs from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that would be nice. I only want good things for the Buffster. Don't we all? Okie dokie. So yeah, I think we pretty much wrapped up what I have to say about those two episodes. Um, overall, I guess I felt decent about them i enjoyed myself i didn't they didn't blow me away by any means it kind of made me feel like okay now we're at the starting blocks and now i'm ready to see where the season is gonna go and next week we will be talking if you're listening to our angel episodes fredless and billy and we'll come back the week after that to life serial and all the way on buffy yeah we will yeah we will yeah we will and i promise well i can't make any promises but i Probably. Given the episodes we've recorded before this, I probably will not make a lot of dead Joyce jokes. 
<laughs> just who knows? Like, who, who knows? knows? This might be a new chapter of uh, my podcast career where that's all I do. <laughs> but I'm going to say probably I'll lay off of it. I mean, I'll be here by your side no matter what you do. That's easier said than done. True. Bye. Bye.